My I pantaloons. Got, you got grease on your pants. That's, I got grease. It's multiplying. No, that's not right. Chills. I got um, chills. They're multiplying. That's uh, I hate that movie. I never yeah. know what it stands for. I, I, I will agree with that statement. Casual, casual date rape. <laughs> Captured in song. Did she put up a fight? You know, anyway, I guess we should probably start this here podcast, huh? <laughs> we should. Stand up. Let's get it. I'm about to get some chicken wings and watch the Bengals play. I'm about to get a couple drinks and watch the Bengals game. My city like a zoo. We just watch the Bengals. Hey, friends. Hi, guys. Hey. Interested parties. Uh, we're back. It's a new season. It's the Bengals before and after podcast. 2021. Your friends, dun, dun, dun. friends Jared and Aaron sitting outside. Lovely Reformation Brewery. Here in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia. Several thousand miles north of Atlanta. And uh, we It's are not g- that far north of Atlanta. Far enough. Far enough. Uh, gathered here today to talk a little Bengals football. It's been a, been a long time. Last year was a strange one, as we all know. We're going to put it behind us. And uh, we're going to start a new year. We're going to start a new season. It's yeah. F- it's football, 50 days away uh, from our opening uh, and opening game, the actual game, the Vikings. But uh, for anybody who's new to the podcast or hasn't heard us record one in a year and a half. <laughs> uh, in a minute. General way we organize these things, we talk offense, we talk defense, and then lastly, we talk special teams where... Some of it's actually special teams, and some of it's just everything else Bengals-related or not that doesn't fit in the previous two It's kind of the catch-all. Categories. That's yeah. right. That is right. Where to begin, my friend? Uh, so very, very much has happened. Here, tell you what I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about anything that happened last year. <laughs> just, that didn't happen. Let's, let's, we can allude to the, uh, the Joe Burrow injury when needed, but yep. you know, as far as I'm concerned, 2020 is dead and gone. Okay. Uh, so let's pick it up with the draft. Yeah. And let's start mentioning Joe Burrow. We can start with the offensive side of the ball as we do offense. So in no particular order, and honestly, one of the things I'm most excited about that has nothing to do with the draft, or Joe Burrow for that matter, uh, I am really excited at the rehiring of Frank Pollock to coach the O-line. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, well-documented the struggles this team had uh, last year, and some would say for a few years now, in, in, in keeping the quarterback upright and uh, giving him time to throw the football. And I, I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you alluded to it. Joe Burrow's knee injury took him out for the – Remaining nine plus games of last year. Isn't that strange um, how you you draft a, a quarterback like that and uh, give him little to no protection on the line, and uh, he gets hit enough that uh, his knee explodes? Isn't that weird? Yeah, what a novel concept. Who would have thought that would happen? Well, and I I think that even uh, Mike Brown. That's even the staunchest Mike, Mike Brown haters amongst us will say that uh, Mike Brown um, completely. Uh, did what he had to do and, and, and hire a good offensive line coach. Hire um, a good offensive line coach back. Back. Let's yeah. be clear. Yeah, I don't know why they let him go, uh, but that was a mistake. I guess sometimes you have to learn from your mistakes. You have to. Right. You think the grass is green. And you do. You make, you make choices uh, and you learn that that was a terrible idea. And boy, howdy. So I'm genuinely excited by that. 
not flashy, not getting uh, national media attention. No, but, but it, as a Bengals fan, it was knowing, a big hire. It was I mean, a big hire. I yeah, mean, absolutely. And you look back and, you know, uh, oh, yeah, we should probably set this up because I'm about to traipse into uh, a space that would lead to streams of profanity if somebody was so inclined. <laughs> Important distinction about our podcast, friends, is that uh, we talk as fans, and I say that as a polite way of saying many times, uh, I'm going to say something that you might say is directly out of my ass. Uh, and that's okay, because guess what? That's what you do with your, your fellow Bengals fans, and you're sitting around watching the game. Everybody spouts off stats and opinions, and 90% of them are poorly informed, and that's what makes it fun to be a fan. If you're interested in getting a well-researched, thought-out, coherent football analysis for the Cincinnati Bengals team, there are a number of far better podcasts that you can uh, listen to, and I encourage you to, to consume those as well. But this... Just tune Jared out and listen to me. You'll be fine. More or less. This is not that. So, here we go. So, with Frank Pollock... Uh, coaching the O-line, Joe Mixon had some of his best numbers career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Not a coincidence. Right. Right. Like, that's that's good O-line coaching. Player personnel mix was maybe slightly different, but regardless, even in bad times, right. you have, uh, you know, Joe Mixon doing the damn thing. To You're going to have to. Yeah. going to so, have to so run the football. Excited to have Mr. Pollock back in the uh, coach's office to try to bring some, some sort of order to... Uh, chaos. So yeah. uh, some semblance of an O line to the O line would be nice. As yeah. opposed to a sieve. I mean we just just to be, you know, super frank about it, you've got, you know, Burrow that goes down, uh Mixon dinged up from time to time last year. Um taking too many hard hits back there, right? Gonna have to uh like you said, you know, we, we need help along the offensive line. They've done a lot. Uh with a lot of draft we talked about, you know, we're starting here in the draft. Um well, let's, let's keep going Offensive right there. tackle, offensive tackle, center, um, offensive what, what tackle. Were, what were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts about the choice of Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell? Talking about O-line, talk about O-line help, talk about the draft. What, what was your reaction? Don't lie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I have not been shy to talk about how, how I feel about the Bengals taking first-round offensive linemen with their top overall pick. Well, they have really bad luck with just it. Just hasn't worked out Historically for us. Historically bad really luck. has not worked out for us. You know, and I think the writing's on the wall. When you sign Riley to come in and be your offensive tackle, uh, big free agent signing. Riley Reef. Yeah, you're not uh, – How about that for the record? Like, yeah. I mean, I, again, anything to make the O-line better, anything to make the team better. But, right. man, to bring in somebody from the Patriots. Well, like, but, then, but then you also My cut, emotions are stirred by right, that. You like, also cut – Bobby Hart, who, Sucks. you know, regardless of what you think, I think he played better second half of last year than he did first. Oh, but, that's cool. Like, um, if, if you put me in the NFL and started me at O-line, I'd probably play a little bit better in the second half than yeah, I did the first. I mean, but you know what? I'd still be horrible. You want to talk about... I'd still get run over like I was being paid to. Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about something that, I mean, for, at least for the fans, it go, goes a long way. Uh, fans hated Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart made it easy to hate Bobby Hart. Some fans still hate Bobby Hart. Yeah. I, I'm so, one of them. Yeah, so you, uh, I mean, you get rid of him and you sign somebody that's that's very very capable coming in to kind of sure up that. You've got a lot of draft picks up and down that offensive line. Uh, got some pretty interesting matchups shape, shaping up for for mini camp at the guard position out there. Um, you know, you got a first round pick at a tackle. You got, um, you know, you bring in a free agent at the other tackle. Um, you got, you know, three, four guards that played there last year. You bring in... Uh, get Jonah you know, Williams back. Yeah, you get Jonah Williams back. chest intact. So, I mean... For the record, by the way, another O-line historical right. bad luck. Like, 
Exactly. Well, welcome man. to the welcome to the O line. You're going to change things. Oh, you're out for the season before you even play. Outstanding. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I think on the offensive side of the ball, on the line specifically, I, I think things are improving. The Bengals took a lot of steps to shore it up. Um, now we now we need the you know the signal caller back. We need Joe Burrow to step back in and be the Joe Burrow we know he can be. Um, did not. Were not have not been shy at putting weapons around him. Um, I think when you look at it on paper, this offense could be scary good. Before we get too far away from the yeah, line, yeah, I do absolutely. want to acknowledge that for the Bengals right now, the, the battle for left guard has three of the coolest names that you could have in contention for one spot. You got Xavier Suafilo, Afilo, Quinton Spain, yep. and then by, by, by association, M- Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Right? Like, come on. How cool is that? Like, yeah. No matter no matter who gets the spot, that's going to be fun to listen to yeah. uh, on the <laughs> yeah, broadcast. Hopefully for good reasons. Listen like, to an the amazing hole opened up as opposed to, and, you know, pick one of those names. Uh, right. Flattened again, and uh, Burrow sacked for a loss of uh, 32. Um, his knee just spontaneously combusted. How do we how do we say the name again? Uh, because here in Lap, trying to pronounce that all season might be the highlight of every Bengals Yeah, the only season. thing that could make that better is if we had gotten uh, Chris Fu- Fuumatu Ma'afala. Fuumatu Ma'afala. That would have been amazing to hear Dave Lavin try to work that out. And just when he gives up, just calls him Fu or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a friendly nickname. I'm, I'm not incapable of pronouncing it. I just, we're close. Uh, Bengals Nation loves Dave Lapham. Uh, I think absolutely. you have to. Got okay, to. so now, awesome. okay, so real quick, I'll weigh in. I never quite landed... On the Penesul Jamar Chase pick in terms of strong opinions, I I vacillated uh, as I read Twitter, and as yeah. people smarter okay. than me would weigh in, and I'd go, I see the I see the logic in that, yeah. and then somebody else would come in and say, no no no, you know we go Jamar Chase. Actually, the one that almost got me was uh, Willie Anderson, right? Somebody who, you want to talk about somebody who's qualified to make an assessment for sure. Uh, he had he posted or maybe he reposted an image on Twitter, and it was a stick figure drawing, and it had Joe Burrow in the backfield. And it had Panay Sewell as a stick figure in front of him. And then way out in the distance, it had another stick figure as the receiver. It said anyone. And it showed this beautiful trajectory football landing at anyone in the end zone. And then they flipped it around, and anyone was the old lineman. And Jamar Chase was the one in the end zone. And Joe Burrow was flat on his back, sacked by the defense. And I'm like, if Willie Henderson is looking at the situation and saying, you're a fool if you go and get the flashy wide receiver and you don't protect your quarterback... There was a long stretch where I, I I was like, man, he I respect that man. He's in he in Atlanta has an O line coaching school here. I follow yeah. him on Instagram, so I'm like, this man is should be in the Hall of Fame. He was on the O line and defended against some of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and that was his sense. So I'll freely admit, it may it I stayed mixed. So when they got Jamar Chase, I kind of had to rationalize it and say, okay, look, we'll see what they do in the rest of the draft. We'll yep. see what they do in the off season. We all know. The effing Bengals, not known for off-season moves that are important, right? right historically, although it's getting a little bit better as Mike Brown inches closer to death. Um, I hope. Uh, come at me, bro, you old bastard, and your Honda Accord and cheap suits. Uh, anyway, so you're like maybe in the draft they'll you don't have to go get Panesul, flashy, you know, O lineman, bad history, bad juju, right? So don't don't fall off the trap. Real bad juju. Yeah. So I was like, Real okay, all right. I think the thing that sold me was not that Jamar Chase is an amazing wide receiver, he is. But the thing that I was like able to kind of come over the hump and say, all right, I can be excited about this, is the pre-existing relationship with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Joe Burrow's got half his freaking offensive <laughs> weapons from LSU. 
back in Cincinnati now. Right. Like Randy Moss Jr. And he's got Jamar Chase. And there's a bunch of other ones that I don't even know uh, that he pulled in. So I'm like, this is a guy who looked like an NFL quarterback. Some random talking head saying he looks like a baby Aaron Rodgers, whatever the hell that means. Um, and let's hope not, by the way, so we don't end up in the same sort of weird contract <laughs> negotiation that they have in Green Bay. But all that being said, like, the guy looked amazing with no O-line, a banged-up set of offensive weapons, yeah. a couple of guys standing out, T. Higgins being one of them, right, and Tyler Boyd sure. looking great. And, of course, but again, no O-line and, and, a, and a questionable steam and, and head coach calling the offensive plays that were questionable at best. Uh, imagine now... And I think you were saying this a moment ago, you were alluding to this before I stepped all over it, which was now you've got some really talented offensive weapons in there. They've done work on the O-line. They've shown progress to me as a fan. I'm not sold, right? Because Riley Reef isn't exactly a spring chicken. Um, who's the guy they got coming in from Kansas City that they're trying to try out? Um, he started for two Super Bowls. Uh, uh, Austin Reader. Good God, I was looking at it all day today trying to make sure I remembered it and I promptly forgot uh, now, he's not signed, but they're interviewing him, right, right. to see what, what's what to kind of shore up, uh, I want to say, center, if I think, if I remember correctly, because uh, who is it? Trey Hopkins is, is still kind of recovering from an injury last year. But regardless, point is, I'm not 100% sold, but I'm far more comfortable with the Jamar Chase pick because of the other things they did on the offensive line with their draft picks and in free agency. Yeah, I, I think that, that 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 is, you know, kind of where we are as Bengal fans. I, I, is this going to be the best offensive line in the league next year? Uh, I, I would say probably not. Are we going to be much improved? I would say yes. And that leads us to what they're doing to put talent around Joe Burrow, right? Uh, to give him weapons. Jamar Chase, I mean, look at what uh, the – the Baltimore Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Why Why was he such a breakout star? They made Lamar comfortable in that offense. I think that's what they're trying to do here for Joe Burrow. Well, let's they're- key on that for a second, though. I think it's important to note, and I don't know that, that Cincinnati it, it does this well. You're right. They made Lamar Jackson comfortable in that offense, but they also built the offense around Lamar Jackson and his versatility. Yeah. They absolutely went back to the drawing board and said, this is our guy. This is what he can do. Yeah. And we, we will build an offense around it, and it was damn near impossible to stop them. Cincinnati, it's to me at least, it's to be seen that they can do that. Well, I mean, you, you have a coach that, that's done it before. I mean, it, uh, essentially they built that offense around Jared Goff when he was out there. Um, you know, and uh, you hope he can do it again, right? You know, build an offense around your centerpiece around the face of your franchise, around Joe Burrow. That's what they have to do. Yep. This Bengals team is going to win, and they're going to lose as Joe Burrow goes. I mean, yes, Joe Mixon, yes, offensive weapons. I know we've had, you know, A.J. Green leaving. That's a that's a big stick for fans, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you, when you step back and you look at the strides the offense has made here, from an offensive line standpoint, from a rep, weapons around Joe Burrow to, you know, everything that they're trying to do in this offense, I think as a fan, you have to say, I'm encouraged here, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Now, there's, you know, I think there's other questions that, that live out there. Um, and, and on the other side of the ball, and I think that that's where you, that's where your season's going to be winner one win. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. A couple of things, just to, to throw some things out to refresh them and just solicit your thoughts. 
things that I think are exciting. I'll freely admit, again, diehard Bengals fan, but this flew under the radar, which feel free to scream at me at your car radios and headphones. The season that Tyler Boyd put together, last two seasons that he's been putting together, I was surprised when uh, sort of looking at the stats and seeing really what he was doing. Really, really surprised at how impressive of a season he had. T. Higgins, far more obvious in my opinion, um, looking really, really good in his rookie season. Really exciting. And another reason why the Jamar Chase pick is exciting to me is like, like you said, all these different weapons. And now, if you're a defensive coordinator looking at the Bengals' offense, the first thing you're going to try to do, in my opinion, you're going to try to hit that O line. You're going to test that O line. And so all eyes are going to be on them in that first regular season game. Better hope you get to quick, man, because if not, he's got three front-line receivers, a tight end, and a front-line receiving running back. Yep. That the, if, the, if you do not get to Joe Burrow and you are blitzing this Bengals offense, if you don't land – that play, the plays are going to be big and they're going to be frequent because you got a lot of guys on this team that can run. You got a lot of lot of offensive weapons. I understand teams are going to try to blitz us. They want they want to get to Joe Burrow. They want to hit him. They want to knock him Wait, down. Why would you make not? him uncomfortable? Why would you not? If you know that your that your opponent has a long history of a crap o line, you're absolutely going to test it. If you do not land, you will not win. Because think, the Bengals can run up and down the field with any offense in this league right now. And it's going to be At up least to, on paper. On paper. Uh, on paper. I mean, now, you know, we're still, what, a month and a half out from the start of the season? 50 days. You know, we gotta, we got we to gotta hope that we don't have Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins all go down with foot injuries. We've yeah, seen Lord this God. before out of the Bengals. But on paper, right now, if you're gonna blitz this this Bengals offense, if you don't get if you don't get home and you don't hit Joe Burrow, you better be ready to give up some yards because there, yeah, there's a really good. We're gonna chance take that, him in chunks this year. There there is a a really good chance if everything coalesces the way it should and people stay healthy. Which talk about some things I wish I'd have researched and thought more about. Maybe we could do a whole whole other episode about the strength training and conditioning <laughs> program in Cincinnati and everybody comes up lame in the first couple games of the season. Uh, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. What else? Anything else? Are you ready to switch sides of the ball? Should we jump over? I mean, I, I think that's it. Uh, from the offense, I think defense is probably going to be the one that's actually harder to to get through. So let's jump to defense. Going on let's go there. to defense. So interesting thing, uh, highlight Jesse Bates, the third. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best corner. In, by the way, real quick, I'm going to highlight the offense real quick. You talked about O-line ranking, whatever. I read that in the AFC North, it is the Cleveland Browns that have the number one ranked Offensive. Oh yeah, I mean, well, when there's even in the league, when you're spending money like the Browns are spending money right now, hey, I mean, they got a quarterback up there that some people believe. I think they're fifty-fifty on that quarterback up there in Cleveland right now. Um, But uh, I mean, when you're spending money like the Browns are spending money, like it's going out of style, um, you're gonna have you're gonna have a good a good offensive line. I think just not a phrase I'd ever thought I'd say is the Browns are so weird. I mean, it's you know, right now I think. the AFC, the AFC North, where the, where the Steelers fall to the bottom, is an AFC North that I like. Well, we still uh, need to see that, and that'll but, be. We'll do a whole dedicated episode yeah. on. We'll review the Bengals' twenty twenty one schedule, make our predictions preseason on the wins and losses, and get into that. I just wanted to touch on that while we were talking about O line. Back to defense, Jesse right, Bates. Let's go. Maybe one of the better corners in the NFL. There's a kid over there in this park in Woodstock, Georgia, with the Cincinnati Reds hat on. Yeah, represent. I'm looking at it right now. We're everywhere. But we Bam. can't get a Skyline Chili down here. Put that Come in. on. Let's go. Skyline. At Skyline Chili. Where the hell are you? 
Open in Atlanta location. Yeah, not Let's in Atlanta go. for some reason. But Florida, sure. But anyway. I uh, digress. Uh, Trey Hendrickson from the Saints was an interesting signing for me on the defensive side of the ball. Um, bring some bring some veteran leadership, which is a cliche as hell thing to say about adding people in free agency. Brings veteran leadership to the team. All right, well, bring veteran, uh, like, high stats. Like, bring veteran performance. Bring, uh, like, all-star Hall of Fame performance. Do something. But I guess we could, we'll start with veteran uh, experience, veteran leadership. Yeah, man, um, this Bengals defense is young. Young, young, young. Uh, the you whole know, team is young. One of the youngest teams in the league. Yeah, Taylor comes in, and, man, he. this defense got younger quickly. Um, and I think that that's probably the, the roadmap here. Um, you got to get younger. You got to get quicker. You, you need linebackers in this defense that can cover, and you need cornerbacks that can cover. You got to have a front four that can dominate. But right now, I think, you know, Lawson's gone. Um, yep. That was I, – I took that one hard. Uh, I personally think Carl Lawson is probably one of the best D linemen in the league. Um, Losing Mark, Gino was rough for me. Yeah. Like that you, was – AJ, lose. I thought I'd feel more about AJ leaving. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I know I mean, that hit you, but, like, for me, Gino Atkins – Gino is – Leaving uh, – Honestly, the one that hit me the hardest was Giovanni Bernard. If we're, I know we're not talking offense. Right. We're talking about key players that left. Gio leaving really hurt because I was such a huge fan of his. Right. I thought he kind of got the short end of the stick. But Geno Atkins on defense leaving, like, granted, I mean, we all saw his performance declining, but there was something about him. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, Georgia I, native, like, should have should be – like well, he was trending to be a Hall of Fame pass rusher, lineman. Like, guy was so good. Um, for so long, and then injuries just seemed to caught up to him, and just I mean that whole that whole defensive line for so long, you just had it locked down, and there were no questions on it. You had Geno Atkins, you had Carl Lawson, you had Carlos Dunlap. I mean, you had you had guys up and down yeah, that the Zimmer line. Guys. Yeah, that were they were coming in and just freaking. I mean, they had that line held down, and then late last year, injuries stack up, the team's not doing well, and all of a sudden. Your line gets no pressure, and that was one of the things, um, you know, that, that hurt Burrow a lot on the offensive side of the ball when you're always playing catch-up and your defensive defense can't take the ball away and your line's not getting pressure. Um, you know, those guys leave it hurt. But um, looking at what we did in the draft, I think that um, I think that the Trey Hendrick signing is good. Brings a little age. On the line to give some of these young that, guys veteran leadership. Yeah, to, to to kind of you know show them the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think this defense, a lot of upside on paper, a lot of speed, a lot of talent there. They should be better, right? But, but it goes back to what you said before. Like that's the other side of the coin, right? Everybody knows. Again, brace they yourself. should be better. Cliche but. coming. Uh, defense wins championships. Yeah. You can get into a shootout with teams, but that's. Um, there's a, that becomes almost like if you're equally matched offensively, like thinking about the Ravens. And look, if there's a Ravens fan listening to this, first of all, why? But <laughs> second of all, you might be saying, well, find a different podcast. Yeah, where the hell do you think you get off comparing uh, your team to mine? Hypothetically, they should be matched. We should see that would be a shootout game. So then it comes down to which team's defense can step up and make the difference. And that's where you got to lean on that side of the ball for the Bengals this year. Improvements made, youth brought back, but you know that's a double-edged sword, right? You know, young players bring a lot of energy and just all the good stuff that comes with being young. I remember it. Um, 
minus the whole athleticism part, just general youth. Right. Um, but just general, yeah, you know, just general, not having like, to get up to pee three times a night, not being exhausted by two p.m. Right. Uh, these sorts of things in youth. But then on the flip side, the lack of experience, lack of you know coming in as a rookie, that everyone talks about the speed of the game is different and all their stuff, so we don't have to drain that. Everybody knows it, but it's it's also real. It's a real thing. The NFL moves at a way different speed. So you got like Cameron Sample coming in. Comes from a, pedi- uh, a, a strong pedigree out of, I believe, Clemson. Uh, don't quote me because it could be wrong. Uh, but I think he's out of Clemson. Like, I mean, strong program, right? But the NFL is another level. Look at what they did in free agency. They they literally, yes, they addressed the offensive line. But outside of that, they went in, out and signed defensive players. This team, look at what they did in the draft. They tried to bolster the defensive line. Um, you know, they... From a standpoint of what is this team trying to improve, you can see that they, you know, on the in free agency, they're trying to bring in playmakers to make plays on this defense. I like what they're trying to do. Um, that was I very John Madden of you, by the on, way. On, on playmakers to make plays. To play. Were they bringing in football these, players these, these to play guys, football? These, here, here's some football players to make uh, football yeah. plays. Um, yeah, so I. But, you know, I digress. Anyway. Um, Lost the train of thought, didn't you? <laughs> they're, they're You're young, welcome. They're young on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've got a lot of high upside, at least on paper. We're well, going to have to see bad. how this thing gels because they were bad last year. They couldn't stop them. They, they couldn't stop my four-year-old. So the, the one argument that you'll hear is, and, and I, I, I'm prepared to concede it because I don't have a choice, is that Lou Anarumo last two years was building a defense with Marvin Lewis's guys. Whether we like those guys or not, right. whether we were fans of them as players or not, sure. those were not the, the Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo guys. Right. It, they were Marvin's guys. Exactly. And, and Zimmer's guys to some degree. So there's this, this notion that if you come in and you have a whole different take on your defensive scheme and strategy – and you, but the guys you have were chosen for a, to to mesh with a different scheme, a whole different side of a perspective. You can only do so much. I, I'm not a full disciple of that school of thought uh, because, to some degree, it's like if you're a decent leader, you should be able to lead with what you have. Well, especially when it's not like it's not like it was handed, you know, like third hand players. Right. I mean, it was handed a possible future Hall of Famer, yeah. Geno Atkins, probably one of the best best pass rushers in the game in, in Carl Lawson. And we saw those guys do flat nothing. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I think that that's what was disappointing. But, you know, the dreaded scheme change, you know, we went we went through it and we experienced it. I mean, we it was rough, rough, rough. Last year was bad. Last two years. Bad. I mean, team, that's why you talk about Zach Taylor and his whole staff now. Now it got better. on the hot seat. It got better at the last, at the last half of last year. Um, yeah, when it know, didn't matter. Yeah, when it didn't matter, and, and that's it. But uh, lose defense plays better. I have not been shy on these airwaves of saying Lou is out of his element. He is over his head. Out I don't of your think element, Donnie. I don't think he's the guy. But um, right now, with the optimism of what five days to training camp. I'm going to go and say, um, optimistically, I like how this defense looks on paper. Yeah. I think it's young. Let them play the game. I think they're going to have to figure it out. Um, But as far as an athleticism standpoint, I think it's probably one of the most athletic defenses we may have ever 
scene. Okay. You know, from a Bengals standpoint, and I, I don't know. Show me how it's going to be in November and December when you got to slog it out in the AFC North and stop a running back. Because they couldn't do that last year. Uh, no, no, not really. Not really at all with any not, sort of skill or ability. Not stopping anybody from running the football. Well, got to be better. Let's switch over to special teams, and I'm going to subdivide. We're going to do special teams, and we're going to do, like, special teams. Like, let's talk special teams. First of all, importantly, yeah. new kicker. Yeah, drafted him. Uh, Went and spent a draft pick, kids, on Evan McPherson, I believe out of Florida, if I recall, which would be a miracle because I don't remember things. Is it? Out of Florida, yes, and a fifth-round draft pick at that. Can you imagine in your fantasy football draft if you used a no, fifth-round pick I, I on a kicker? <laughs> uh, but this, can I mean, you imagine? But you know kick, what? How many close? Football, how many though. close games can you lose before you go? All right, I need somebody can get me three points to win a game. About a hundred fifty if you're the Bengals. I mean, yeah. they uh, seem to always lose. On that, they were game something like kick. something like two, five, and one in close games last year. Yeah, and of course, there had to be a one because we're the Bengals and yeah. someone's got to tie. Yep. But so, like, yeah, fifth round, bold, bold for a kicker. But they've a, I mean, dude, we haven't had a reliable kicker since God knows when. Honestly, like, Graham's the last time Graham was. Con- consistent until you needed him to be. Right. Until it was clutch. Same thing with Nugent. Yeah, Fat Randy. Fat Randy. You know, he could he could boot a 59-yarder in the first quarter when it didn't matter at all. Right down the middle. But a 27-yarder to win the game, and he's going to shank it hard left, like, in a way where you're like, you had to want to do that. As like, he shats down his leg. Yeah, um, so, I don't know. I don't know when the last time he had a reliable <coughs> place high, kicker was. High draft pick. High draft pick for a place kicker. Um... Hey, but see, God, they needed it. If he can, Kevin Huber cannot be the MVP of this team forever. Yes. So, which was going to be my other point. <laughs> when we're talking about people that work with their feet primarily in football. Thank the gods, Huber remains. We kept Huber. <laughs> every every time his contract comes up, I get nervous. I don't know. He's not the only punter in camp, though. So we'll, well see if whatever. Kevin makes this team this Huber year. Huber is far He's, and away. The one shining bright spot in Father the, Time. He's uh, uh, he's about forty seven years old. Whatever. Still kicking. He's kicking. He can be a hundred. <laughs> he doesn't have to do much. Hey, a Kevin Huber game used football adorns my office. That's right. I definitely think that he is the <laughs> probably player of the decade for the Bengals um, at this point. But I'm sure. Really but, doesn't get uh, enough positive hype. I mean, everybody's like, you know, King just, Joe and, you know, Joe Burrow and Joe Mentum and uh, all the other Joe all the other stuff. Joe but, you know, where's the where's the hubris? Huber. The <laughs> hubris. The Huber is. With such hubris. We'll work on that. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that joke out for next time. Well, talking about uh, Bengals players of the decade or beyond, uh, after virtually every other team in the league has established this, in true Mike Brown fashion, right? Uh, almost as if he was held at gunpoint and forced. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Finally Ring coming out. of Honor. I and, mean, uh, yeah, some solid inductees minus, well, you know what? No. Is it is it Paul Brown they're putting in? or They're not putting Mike Brown. Paul Brown. Okay, Paul I'll take Brown, that. Paul Brown, the say, founder of the team. Um, you know, basically one of the originators of the game as we know it. Right. Uh, Paul Brown, definitely deserving uh, to be there. Uh, Ken Riley, Anthony Munoz, uh, you know, the, the Bengals' lone Hall of Famer. On that point, Jared, 
Yeah, uh, the travesty. The, the, the fourth member of the Ring of Honor, Kenny Anderson. Um, best player not to be in the Hall of Fame right now, Ken Anderson, Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know. I, you, I, I've been standing uh, Big Willie Anderson for a while here recently, like thinking about guys that were, were playing at a level that they do not get the respect that they deserve. Uh, yeah, but you so, look at the stat court categories. And quarterback always gets the light and the you, shine, You look man. at the stat categories, Ken Anderson, the two guys behind him in all the stats, um, career stats, in the Hall of Fame, Ken Anderson not in the Hall of Fame. You gotta say, Kenny Anderson takes this team to what two Super Bowls? Took him to two Super Bowls, didn't win any, but was the quarterback for two Super Bowls. Wait, I thought Asiason was quarterback in one of the Super Bowls. Maybe I may be wrong. I, th- I think there. he was for eighty-eight. Okay, I might give you that. I think so we might have to check that back. I think fan. so because he Ken played Anderson with at least leading them to one Super Bowl. I know. Um, in my opinion, probably the best quarterback, not in the Hall of Fame, but now in the Bengals' ring of honor. It's a way too overdue. Way, way long overdue. Way late. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it, in years past, when we have lost key offensive linemen, key defensive players, if, you know, if the Bengals have this recognition ring, does that make a difference to a guy? Hey, look, you, you're a great player. You finish out your season, your years in Cincinnati. You're a shoe in to be in the ring, right? You're, you're immortalized forever. Is that what these guys no, want? Does that help? More, I think it's more fan service than anything, which I don't have a problem with. All right. Typically, that has a negative connotation. But in this particular instance, I think there's a – I know there's a new uh, set of leaders at the Bengals organization who are in charge of, like, fan experience, game day experience, social media interaction, like – they, they just brought in new folks. The guy did it on the Bengals subreddit, didn't ask me anything, um, took all sorts of questions. So there's definitely – people have the front office's ear and are saying, look, as a, as a football town, you owe it to these fans to have some of the fundamental fan-based uh, sort of experiences and, and, and uh, I don't know, supporting things that every other NFL team has. Like the Cincinnati Bengals fans have kept that franchise floating, you know, to the degree where they passed a, you know, a complete horse F of a sales tax deal on Hamilton County. <laughs> they, you know, like they've done, they've gone a way above and beyond for a, a franchise that, let's be honest, like far and away has pumped out garbage as a product yeah. with, with dashes of excitement and long stretches of mediocrity. Uh, and still in all, diehard fans, some of the most loyal fans in, in football. So let's not forget. Let's not forget, Bengals fans. Your sales tax is up in two years. Do the Bengals leave Cincinnati? Is the question. Uh, I was, my answer to that is, is: Is Mike Brown still living in two years? If Mike Brown is still alive, to be determined, but and, and lucid and and able to <laughs> control the team in any way, there's a risk they leave. I think if his daughter and the next generation take over. I think there's less likelihood that they're going to threaten uh, to leave Cincinnati and Hamilton County, but it's a whole different. That's a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, just how much I hate Mike Brown. You know, I just just I just like to sprinkle the seeds. You know, hate it's that. like a chia pet. You sprinkle the seeds, watch them grow. Piece of crap. Part of that contract where it's like if any new techno- display technology comes out in the league, like if tomorrow Dallas comes up with uh, like three dimensional in your seat like stat projection or something like that, that he's entitled to have Hamilton County 
pace to have it put in Paul Brown Stadium. Like, yeah. how he wrangled that contract is beyond me. But but fundamentally, what I'll tell you is he wrangled it because the fans in Cincinnati are that committed that they voted to do that to themselves. Uh, mercifully, I've never lived in Hamilton County when that sales tax was implemented. I was living across the river. So, you know, my parents nor I have paid that tax. Uh, but I pay the emotional tax as a Bengals fan. Nonetheless, we all do. The Ring of Honor, I think, is very much about fan service. I, dude, nobody cares. If, you, if you're thinking about, oh, am I going to go to Cincinnati or am I going to go to Florida, play Miami, right, for the Dolphins, you're looking at stuff like, what do the facilities look like? Is there a practice bubble? What's the weight room look like? What's the team's chance of winning a freaking Super Bowl or at least contending and being, you know, not a national laughing stock, right? Those are the things the players care about. Who am I playing with? Am I going to get a chance to shine and get paid, et cetera, and so forth? No one goes, well, I could be in the Ring of Honor one. You're like, well, who gives a damn, right? You could be in the Ring of Honor for the Detroit Lions. Like, well, who gives a rat's ass? Like, neat. Good for you. Barry Sanders? My, I Couldn't don't know. care less. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy Good. to put my name with Barry Sanders. Yeah, well, you, they, you want to put your name with Barry Sanders in the hall. Not a Detroit Ring of Honor in the stadium that that's they're going to implode that's, that's in fair. five to ten that's years. Fair. Like, no one cares outside of that team's fan base, you know? So, yeah, it's totally fan service. Now, all that being said, I don't want to belittle it because I think it's an important acknowledgement, finally, of the fan base. It's a, it's a, it's a sea change. It's right. a paradigm shift. It's Mike Brown for decades has been, this is a business. I don't care if we win. I run it like a business, and if I'm profitable, I'm happy. And the fan base is like, hey, can we get something you know suitable to cheer for? You're breaking our hearts. And he's like, I, shut up and pay me. And we all did. We bought the merchandise. We bought... You know, hats and gear. We paid for tickets. We bought hot dogs, right? And most importantly, we watched the show, the, the games when they were not blacked out, right? So now we finally have somebody who recognizes that this is a sport. It's a game, and it's about passion. It's about enthusiasm, and it's about, you know, the winning teams are the ones run by people that, that treat it like that. Yeah. yeah. Bob no, Kraft I... treats the Patriots like a passion project, and so he spends money, and he gets players, and they have a legacy of winning here in the, in, for the last 10 years or so, Right. Mike Brown has run the, biz, the the Bengals like a business, and if you are an accountant or, or a finance major, you're a huge fan because they're super profitable and their balance sheet looks great. But if you're a fan of the team, you live a miserable existence, always the butt of jokes, which we have to win like seven Super Bowls consecutively to get people to shut up, I think. That's, that's what I've come to, the, the math that I've done. Um, it's got to be seven consecutive football uh, Super Bowls before people stop saying, oh, it's a team full of thugs and oh, the bungles, right? Like we literally have to be the Patriots. Uh, of, of recent history before everyone shuts up. But last thing, because I was ranting in that rant sprinkled in there was a, a, an allusion to buying stuff. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the new unis? Yeah, so um, new uniforms out. Uh, they changed the stripes slightly. Ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. Um, Bro, you know, I was disappointed. <clears throat> yeah, I All mean. All that hype, and I was like, man, uniform change. And I saw it, and I literally had to look at a picture of the old and the new next to each other to yep. go, oh, oh, I, I see. see it now. That's yeah. how they're um, different. Oh, I get it now. In classic Bengals fashion, uh, you know, they, they, they change things just to change them and, and not enough to make a difference. However, uh, I think on the other news, the NFL allowing now for alternate uniforms, they're allowing alternate helmets is that 2022, well? I think, that goes yeah, into effect? Yeah, so not this year, but next year. Dude, I, the I, color rush, white I and black think, helmets. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to open up a lot now. You know, what can you really do with, you know, orange and black and white 
stripes on a on a jersey and on a uniform. I, I think you're limited there. I don't think we're going to get any earth shattering in that department. Uh, just because I don't I don't know how much you can. But now you know you start thinking about the throwbacks and the color imp- color rush implications that you can have here. Yep. I think I mean I I think you've got some pretty cool stuff. I I'm looking forward to. The bangles with the bangles on the side of the helmet, you know, the, uh, you know, it, it, it looking, you know, the throwbacks really looking like throwbacks. Um, I think you can do a lot there. And I, I think, you know, Here's the most up important until question. now, could you really do any of that? Because you had to keep the same helmet. Now you can, the helmet was the, the thing, right? The, thing. That, the helmet was the thing. So you couldn't do that now. What jersey you might, are you buying in the new stripes? Uh, I mean, I need to see another year and a half, two years from Burrow. I'm a quarterback guy. You know me. I had a Palmer jersey before I burned it in effigy uh, at at some point when that snake freaking left. Hey, that worked out to us. We benefited from that. Thumbed his way out of Cincinnati in the dead of night um, only because it worked out for us. Am I okay with that? totally screwed the Raiders on that deal. It was great. But uh, outside of that – I'm going to buy an Esiason jersey in the new stripes. Oh, that's good. So that I, I like so, that. So that I've got uh, the boomer forever. Uh, I'm a boomer guy. Big boomer guy. Yeah. Big boomer guy. His stats aren't going to change. You, you could always buy a Munoz jersey. I mean, the Hall of Famer, uh, the great, the great, and, and of course, one of my favorites. Throwback to my childhood and growing up with his son, Max. I get a Montoya jersey. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the old classics. Fair. I want to see these new Bengals win something yeah. before I go Buying a buy jersey. a jersey. we got the motorcycle rally going here now. In, the uh, in the downside of recording outdoors. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. we wait got one minute. more. There All we right, go. Powering down a motor. And we got another one coming wait in. Wait for it. Wait for go. it. Oh, and... Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And go. Oh, there we wait. go. Okay. Wait, we got one more, but the mufflers oh, are, are yeah. stronger on this one. Yeah, he's got a Honda. He's uh, he's good looking bikes. This guy is not a cool enough to have a Harley. Uh, he they tried, are good looking bikes. He tried with the Honda Gold. You, you, have a, you, you raised a good point, though. The, the, the premise of can we see some W's before we go spend some money? Because I was tempted to buy another J Rod jersey in the new stripes, but. Uh, I think you've got something. Let's see some W's before they get some dollars. Yeah, I, I, I just want to, I mean, what are we, we're, it's 10 years ago, right? Carson Palmer is coming in. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we, he's got Chad Johnson. He's got TJ Hushmanzada. You know, he's got, um, he's got all the guys around him. I, I, I think we're there again, right? You know, we're, we're standing, we, we went through what, three, four years of a rebuild. Right. Yep. Where well, I mean, we've changed coaches now and, you know, we've changed quarterbacks, we've changed personnel. The rebuild effectively has got to be over now. Um, you know, you've got your quarterback, you've got the offensive weapons, the clock is ticking. You got these guys for four years. The time is now. And so it's either going to be an exciting four years or we're in, we're in for four years of misery. Well, um, the, wor- the worst thing that could happen is, uh, uh, what, like a, like a 500 or less or even close to it season where it's just enough for Zach Taylor and his team to get another shot. I'm, I'm rooting for either, like, wholesale change this season. I'm not saying they go, you know, to the to the big show. But 
I'm not even saying they go to the playoffs, but they either put together a winning season mm-hmm. uh, and maybe a wild card, or they flame out spectacularly enough where Zach Taylor is like his leash is up. Like they yeah. say, no, thank you. And somebody else comes in now with a lot of exciting talent, a lot of youth, and a lot of potential. This year's it's hard to predict for the Bengals. I mean, you've got a lot of talent in the AFC North. You're obviously still up against the the Chiefs uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you know yeah. you've got the gauntlet to get through to get there. Um, but this, I think, this year is really hard to predict. I mean, like you said, I think we could be eight and eight. We could be ten and six. Well, or ten eight and, and eight and nine eight now. Nine now. Got seventeen yeah, games. Can, yeah. But uh, you know, what does the year look like? Uh, I think it's. I, I think it's a big. I, I think it's a big question um, this year. And in, in, if they fail spectacularly, does the Cincinnati fan base have the no. cojones? Well, you know the answer to, to that. real to go through a rebuild before a payoff year? I don't know. If they do. I mean, I, I, I think it's got to be now. I, I think it should, but I think we said it before. The Bengals fan base is some of the lo- most loyal in the league, and we'll all suffer through this. But it should be exciting. Uh, let's go ahead and draw this one to a close. Uh, next time we'll get together, we'll talk about what do we, what do we think uh, based on looking at the schedule itself. What do we think is really going to happen? But until then, thank you, friends, for joining the uh, 2021 inaugural uh, edition episode whatever. Of the Bengals before and after. Bengals podcast. before and after podcast. Who day, friends? Who day? Go who day? Go who day? Who day?